Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Hey, y'all. Welcome back for more Gin Juice. Almost everyone in the world has been affected by divorce in some way or another either directly in your own family or indirectly through the families of friends or loved ones. Today, I'm going to address an aspect of divorce that you may not even be aware of or have ever considered if you're not divorced. But if you are divorced or you grew up with divorced parents, then your life has been affected by this aspect of divorce and this topic is an important topic for you to consider right now. I'm talking about how name changes affect divorced families and what to do with your name after divorce. Now, this conversation will be beneficial to everyone listening, even if you're not getting divorced or even considering divorce. So hang on, friends. My goal is to shed light on this delicate situation So please listen with an open mind and consider how you might feel if you were in one of these situations and take what you can from this discussion to help you become more sensitive and aware of divorced families and what happens when parents have different last names than their children. We all know divorce is painful and heartbreaking and even tragic for everyone involved, especially the children. I promise you will go away with a better perspective and more insight and will hopefully be more sensitive and aware of divorced families where parents and children have different last names. So let's talk about names. What is in a name? We all know that names are important to us. It is actually the first word that we come to learn or understand after we're born. And it's our favorite thing to hear. It's been proven that saying a person's name when you're meeting them for the first time or interacting with them casually, like a waitress or a cab driver or even a coworker, it endears you to them and it makes you more attracted and confident to that person if you just say their name. According to Dale Carnegie, a person's name to that person is the sweetest, most important sound in any language. The sound of someone using your name typically cuts through all the noise that might be going on around you. And since birth, you have been conditioned to respond to the sound of your name. Think about it this way. How would you feel if your mother called you someone else's name? That is why the power of a name is so important. Let's think about what we know about names from a biblical and a historical context. Many times we learn that different areas of land or rivers or other geographical areas were named after beloved leaders or a family or a group or a tribe in that region that was known for good or evil in the Bible or the Book of Mormon. And it's also no coincidence that in scripture, 
When someone experiences a significant life-changing event, like a conversion, they change their name, such as Abram to Abraham and Saul to Paul and Simon to Peter and Jacob to Israel. And there are so many more. I mention all of this just to illustrate the importance of our names in relation to ourselves and our identity and in scripture and in history and in our lives today. Names are and always have been important. Our name is incredibly important to our identity. It carries a deep personal and cultural, familial and historical connection. They also give us a sense of who we are the communities we belong to, and our place in the world. Has anyone ever said to you, remember who you are and remember who you represent? Maybe your father or your grandfather. Your name is important, and it's something we come to understand as we mature that the way we represent ourselves, it also represents our family and our heritage that way. I feel like this was much more significant in earlier days, but it is still important today. If you defame someone or slander them, you can still be punished by law for doing that. So it's something we still value even in society today. And a lot of times we begin to associate our identity with the things that we do growing up, like being a football player or a cheerleader or a jock or a nerd or a leader or a goofball. It's amazing how much the names and the identities that we associate ourselves with deeply impact us. Think about the characteristics of a clique or a group that you connected or identified with in high school. And that can actually influence the way you think about yourself today. And if that was a positive identity, then that could be a benefit to you. But if it was a negative one, that identity could be limiting you today. Many people struggle to overcome those perceptions of themselves when they were growing up in middle school or high school. I say this just to illustrate the power of the connections that we make with our names, our identity, our positions, and our organizations. We actually come to identify ourselves as part of those groups or organizations. And it's also interesting that when we get married, it is our custom that the woman takes on the husband's name. She becomes part of his family and part of him. It's just something that we're taught as little girls and we grow up planning on it and accepting it. And I don't think we really think about it or question it very much, but it's a big deal to change your identity. Now, this may be something you've never even considered before if you are a man and you're listening to this because most men never change their given names for any reason. But for women, we literally become a new person. We leave behind our old identity and become a new person. And if you get married, let's say you're 25 or 30 years old, the person you are up till that time is the name that you were given at birth. And that is who you have come to know yourself as and to be. And when you change your name, you literally change your identity. You basically become a new person now. And of course, your friends and family and people who knew you before will still know you as the same person. But going forward, you are a new person. You have a new identity in your life. And everyone you meet from that point on will know you as this new person. 
And think about it. When you get married and you change your name legally, you have to do a lot of things. You have to go through steps, right? Sign legal documents to change your name on your driver's license and your passport and legal records. There's a process and it's not super simple because it's a significant thing to change your identity. And for many women, that is the person you are as an adult, that married name that you take on. The person that you were as a child is gone, and that name and identity that you had in your childhood and your high school days, that's gone. And the name and identity that you take on when you get married, for most of us, is the one you're known as an adult. When you graduate college or grad school and the person you are when you become a mother, for most of us, this is the new person married with a spouse and with children, all with the same name. It is your family. And there is a level of comfort and connection that comes from being married to someone and having your children with that person. And you all share the same last name. There is a unity and a connection and a bond that comes from that. We all know what that feels like. And it's part of our DNA. It's the way we're wired to want to be part of a group, part of a family. We're wired for connection to others. And for you men out there listening, Think about how often we group ourselves with other people. Think about being a fan of a sports team, right? Your favorite sports team. If you're a BYU Cougar fan or San Francisco 49ers fan, we like to be connected with other people that are also fans of our same team. We wear the same colors and we have the same gear and we cheer for the same team. And that's our team. And you can bond with someone almost instantly, someone you don't even know. You can feel this bond and this connection with someone who also is a fan of your same team. It's incredible how deeply and passionately people can be committed to their teams. And this just exemplifies the bonding and the unity and the connection that we feel to other people that we're in a group with, like our family. And it makes sense that we would all share a name because we're on the same team. And then we have the same habits and the same culture, and it becomes a deep part of our identity. It is embedded in who we are. So when we get divorced and we disassociate ourselves from our previous family members, it's painful. It's hard. It's a difficult process. Think about the extended family of your ex-spouse. They were your family. You could have been connected to them and loved them and shared life experiences and bonding and unity with them for 10 or 20 or 30 or more years. And then all of a sudden, you're no longer family with them. You're not connected with them. It is painful. And there is trauma associated when we change our identity even when it's the right choice, the best choice, even when you know it's what you want or need to do, or even what the Lord wants you to do, it's hard and there is pain and consequences. And when a divorce happens and a family is broken apart and divided, it makes sense that children are torn. Part of who they are is now split into two different families and homes and groups and lifestyles. It makes sense that divorce has long-term lasting effects that we don't really fully understand, and it varies widely. It can also help us understand why we need to be sensitive and loving and careful with families dealing with divorce. So 
This brings me to the topic that I want to talk about today, the decision that women have after a divorce and men too. This affects men also. If you're getting remarried to someone who's been divorced, what do you do about your name? When a woman gets divorced, she has several different options regarding her name. And this is a very personal decision. There is not one right decision that is the right decision for everyone. This is where we all need to be aware and sensitive to the pain and the trauma surrounding divorce and the residual effects on everyone involved, especially the children. When children have a different last name than their mother, many situations arise where it's apparent or odd or obvious, and it doesn't feel good for the children when it's pointed out or brought to attention. Most people would never want to intentionally harm a child or make them feel embarrassed or uncomfortable, but it happens. So with more awareness and sensitivity, we can make a difference, all of us, by being cautious and careful. We can help make it less painful for everyone involved. So I want to share my experience with this. My parents were divorced when I was very young and my mother remarried. So I grew up with a different last name than my mother. And this was also a different time. Divorce was a lot less common in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And people in general were a lot less sensitive, okay? There was no such thing as political correctness in those days. There were fewer people with personal experience with divorce and fewer people in divorced families. So it makes sense that there wasn't a lot of awareness or sensitivity around this topic. Let me just add that I am not and have never been an overly sensitive person that's easily offended or gets my feelings hurt by any means. I'm actually very thick-skinned and not overly sensitive to things people say, and I usually just assume that no one means to be rude or offensive, even if they are. But growing up with a different last name than my mother came up often at church and school and on sports teams. And I remember feeling uncomfortable and embarrassed at times. And I remember well-meaning people in my ward or in my school or on sports teams or in random situations asking questions like, where did you come from? Or who do you belong to? Or who's your parent? Or saying things that were insensitive. And I remember feeling uncomfortable and embarrassed and having my feelings hurt. Many times I was singled out because of it and I felt different and I felt like I didn't have a parent representing me or people didn't know my parent or they didn't know my family because I wasn't associated or, or known by my family. And we all know it doesn't feel good to be called out or separated or embarrassed. And I remember having that happen to me a lot growing up and I didn't like it. So when I went through my divorce, I deliberately chose to keep my married name while I was single. And then when I met my husband now and we got remarried, I chose to add my new married name. I kept both names and I chose to hyphenate them. And I did this because I thought it would help my children. I did it for them, not because it was easy or convenient, because it wasn't. I knew what it felt like to not have a parent with my last name, especially my mother, who was involved in my life and in all of my activities and went everywhere that I did. And she didn't have my last name. So I put a lot of thought and effort into making this decision. And I chose to keep my children's last name. And then I also took on my new last name. I kept both. 
Now, I'm not saying this is the best option for everyone because it's definitely not. I feel like there is no ideal option. Divorce just stinks. And this is just one of the parts of divorce that's just messy no matter what you choose. So when my husband, Eric, and I were dating and preparing to get married, I discussed this with him and I explained why this was important to me and what I wanted to do when we got married. And I'll tell you the truth. He wasn't thrilled about it, which I totally understand. He didn't like the idea of me keeping my ex-husband's name. And I get that. But he also understood that that name and that identity were part of me. They were part of my children and they connected me to them. And that is who I was. And it was very important to me. And so with some time and thought and prayer, he respected that and he accepted that. And actually on the week of our wedding, he gave me a gift and it was a beautiful monogram necklace with my new monogram, which is very important to us Southern gals. And it had both last names on it. It was such a beautiful gesture to show me his love and acceptance of all of me. And that included my ex-husband's last name because that was part of me and that was part of my children and it was part of my name. So for the last 19 years, that is who I have been and that is who I am. And it is a long mouthful and it is a real pain. And sometimes it is more characters than can even fit on a medical form or a passport form or a credit card. But it is something that I have committed to and I have done for my children and I do not regret it. And I know it was the right choice for me and I like my reasons and I'm happy that I've done it this way. But there are other options, and I want to discuss those and situations around the other options. Some women choose to change their name back to their maiden name after divorce. I have many friends and clients who have done this. The marriage and the divorce were so traumatic, and there was just so much pain and negativity connected with their ex-spouse and that marriage that they just wanted to lose that identity completely and let go of it and never be associated with that person in any way. And I totally understand this. In these cases, their children obviously still have the last name of their ex and they no longer do. I respect and I understand this. But this is a situation where children and their mother have different names. And these are situations where we need to be cautious and just show consideration and sensitivity, especially to the children who have parents who do this. Another option for women after divorce, when they get remarried, is to just take on the name of their new spouse and drop the name of their previous spouse. This is very common. This is what my mother did when she got remarried when I was young. And this is another situation where we can all use sensitivity and make an extra effort for the children and the families to feel seen and known for who they are and who their parents are, regardless of what the last name is. And let me just add here that other people will have lots of opinions about whatever you choose. And I want to remind you that what other people think is not your business. It doesn't matter what other people think. Ultimately, you have to make the right choice for you and your family, and you have to choose what's right for you and like your reasons. I will also add that your children will grow up and become adults who have their own opinions about your choice. And they may be happy with it or they may not. Some of your children may be happy with your choice and some may not. It's your choice. It's not their choice. And something that I have learned now that I have adult children 
is that no matter what you do, your children get to grow up and have their own opinions about everything you do. Your children may appreciate and understand and agree with the choice you make with your name. And some of your children may feel exactly the opposite. It is my experience that spiritually and emotionally healthy, mature adults choose to love and honor and respect their parents, regardless of what they did raising them. You have to take all the good that you were given from your parents and forgive and have grace for all of their mistakes, imperfections, and shortcomings. This is the sign of a healthy, emotionally mature, spiritually mature adult. Obviously, none of us would be here without our parents, and they're just people, flawed, imperfect people, most likely doing the very best that they could for us. I have found that there is so much peace and gratitude and better family relations when we can appreciate and value all that our parents have done for us. And as Nephi said, frankly, forgive all that we perceive as wrong or unjust or fallible. So if you are a person who feels wronged by your parents, I would challenge you to do this work. This is something that I do as a coach is help my clients forgive their parents, their exes, their exes affair partners, and other people. It takes work to heal and forgive the pain and the trauma caused when people make hurtful choices, but you can do it. You can let it go and you will be a happier, freer person if you do. My goal in having this discussion today is to shed some light on the various aspects of changing your name after divorce, and I hope that I've illustrated the complexities involved in this decision, and it's really not ideal. It's not a situation anyone would want to be in, so it requires awareness and sensitivity, and I hope that all of you listening will join me in striving to be more aware and sensitive to families dealing with divorce. And if you are considering divorce or you're going through divorce or you're divorced, I hope I've shed some light on the options that you have. Think about what I've shared and make your decision intentionally. It's not going to be a quick and easy or simple decision, no matter what you choose. And there will be some painful consequences either way that will definitely affect you and your children and your family. So give it some time and thought and prayer and do what is best for you. And if you want help figuring out what you really want to do and what is best for you in your situation, I would love to help you do that. So please come and join me in Faith-Filled Divorce, my life coaching program where we discuss this and everything you will deal with going through divorce. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on this podcast topic today. If you grew up with divorced parents or you've been divorced, I'd love to know what your parents did or what you chose and how it's worked out for you. So send me an email, share in my Facebook or Instagram, and let's discuss this. I love you all so much. Have a great week. Bye, y'all. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to LDSDivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.